Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome in everybody. Indeed, it is another episode of the podcast that's sweeping the nation. It is One Man's Opinion. Appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you for taking the time to download, to subscribe, to comment, to like, to favorite, to listen to this podcast. It is a passion project for sure out of me and the uh, entire group over at fantasyguru.com. We take it seriously. And uh, this will be a very fun episode. Hopefully, we'll, we'll see what happens. My name is Jeff Manz. In case you're just tuning in, just downloading, you stumbled upon it, you're interested in some fantasy football content, I've got at least an hour, if not usually quite a bit more than an hour of uh, fantasy to bring to you here today. Thank you for that. If you're wondering who the hell I am, I am Jeff Manz from uh, fantasyguru.com, part owner and chief content operator as officer over there at the site, 2022 fantasy football draft guide. It's live. It is growing by the day. We have content added every single day to that end. And uh, not only is it a draft guide, a full in-season product, we've got 50 fantasy football strategy podcasts on top of our regular podcast network over at elite. Plus that's part of the fantasy guru setup right there. If you get the all in package, Everybody, not only do you get the draft guide, everything in it, you get the in-season stuff, you get the off-season stuff, you get the elite data, all of our smash reports, matchup reports, coverage reports, our entire stats dashboard for fantasy football that you could sort through trends and red zone and all that good stuff. You also get a ticket to the 2022 fantasy football training camp the only full day event virtually it's all via online. It's a conference in which we have speakers and seminars and how to's and strategy sessions and questions and answer sessions, 24 straight hours, August 19th. And you don't have to be present. You could watch it anytime. If you've got that ticket to the event, of course, if you're an all in subscriber and if you're an all-in subscriber, you get a ticket to the Elite Mafia Fantasy Football Championship. That is our exclusive league with prizes, overall league winners, the whole deal. And uh, will be a great time. We'll be drafting all summer long, free entry. It's just if you're an all-in subscriber, you're in the league and a part of the event. So it will be a great time. All of this is exclusive to fantasyguru.com. And I get a little promo code if for the all-in package only. It's Radio 20, R-A-D-I-O 20, if you want to sign up for that. So get over there and use that promo code. Should be good for the next few weeks if you're listening to this episode. Number 120, by the way. So you uh, find me there, at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter, the Jeff Mans on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and, of course, on TikTok, all my player profiles, and some fun new uh, tw- little videos for you on my TikTok account, the Jeff Mans. Get over there, check it out. You can hear me weekday afternoon, Sirius XM, Fantasy Sports Radio, Channel 87. I host Elite Sports, 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern there every weekday. Also, Sirius XM, Fantasy Football pregame show, Sunday mornings coming during the season, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern time. So we've got that out of the way. I have not named this episode as I have am sitting here recording this 
this is, this episode is either going to be the high road or the low road. I have not decided which one I'm going to take today. And I'm going to let my instincts and my feelings guide me here in the early portion. We've got a lot of fantasy football talk. I will get to the Jimmy Garoppolo news, the Leonard Fournette news, some news around Brees Hall signing his contract, things like that. We'll touch on that. But I also, I've got a a little segment I'm going to do for this episode called Sneaky Good. These are under-the-radar players. Couple in the early rounds. Most of them, the middle-round players. Mid-round diamonds in the rough, if you will. Players that you probably should be taking a second or third look at. Players that you should reconsider being on your radar, if not on your fantasy football team here in 2022. And I'll go through the reasons why their path to success, the upside, the downside, all of that throughout the course of this episode as well. So we got that on the docket as well. I will get into my revised rankings over at fantasyguru.com. I will definitely give you at least the first round, if not the first two rounds, those uh, overall adjusted rankings as well. Just tweaks, nothing really if you're listening to me on Sirius XM or if you're a subscriber, obviously, you know, but just little things, little tweaks and developing situations as NFL training camps start to open up as well. I can't wait. We'll have training camp reports on this podcast going forward there as well. So I'm really excited about all that. Let's get into sort of what's on my mind today before we dive into the fantasy uh, element of it all. I got to say it's a busy time of year. Uh, you all go through it. If you're a CPA, you know, well, you know, March to April, you guys are slammed. You're busy. No matter what job any of you do, you know, there's a busy season for sure. And there's a time that you're just more busy than any that that is this time for me being a fantasy analyst and doing all that number of shows and videos and projects and business and all that kind of stuff. I just don't, I'm running out of time. And I'm getting very short in dealing. By the way, this is a an uncensored podcast. So put the earbuds in, get the kids out of the room, especially for this first like 10 minute mark, because I'm going to start cursing here uh, very shortly. All right. So I'll give you some time. I'm stalling for you guys. Earbuds, Bluetooth, hook it up. Get every all the sensitive people out of the way. And if you're sensitive, you shouldn't be listening to this podcast. Hear me on serious for the PG version and, uh, and all that. So with that said, I'm tired of the bullshit. I'm so fucking sick and tired of the bullshit Twitter ass drama that has to be strewed out day after day. Week after week, month after month, season after season, year after year. I am so fucking happy that our group over at fantasyguru.com just isn't about that life anymore. I mean, it is breathtaking. It is so great to not have to be a part of that every day. It's just amazing. And, um, Again, high road, low road, I'm in cross between. I'm in that part where I always want to take the high road. I'd never want to eviscerate people. And I've never really done it. I've gone at certain individuals and certain groups and things like that before. Um, 
but I've never really gone all full circle. What people don't know is that I got documents, that I have screenshots, that I have a wealth of information about the shadiness, the sneakiness, the lies, the cheats, the thieves, all right, that I've been in contact with over the years that have been, quite honestly, through our organization. And don't, don't, please don't do that thing where you read into it and try to, oh, who's he talking about? Because then it gets back to everybody and everybody thinks that um, maybe I should be different and name names, maybe, but let's just have an adult conversation about it. Um, evidently, our Twitter account, Fantasy Guru at Fantasy Guru site, blocked some of our former employees uh, from seeing the site. I no, I had no idea. None. No idea. I, I I don't know. And I don't give a fuck. I don't fucking live on Twitter like some of these jamokes do. These people and my God, let me just tell you. Some of the people we used to work with at Elite and a fancy guru, they their entire lives are is Twitter. Twitter, Twitter, Twitter. It is one of the saddest, most pathetic things I've ever seen. And I, I used to be very, I used to, my heart used to break because I used to think these were good people that just their personal lives were miserable and really bad. I, I used to try to talk to them and chat with them and call them every now and then be like, hey, buddy, is everything okay? Are you all right? Because like all you do is tweet. And either you're trying to get, popular or a lot of follows or you just have nothing else going around some of them with wives and kids like what do you do go hug your child don't hug your child while posting a selfie on facebook about hugging your child just go and do it right you don't need everything to be for clicks or for likes and all this shit so i don't know why anything was blocked or anybody let it be known that it has nothing to do with me jeff mans but i I, on the other hand i do love it because yeah go fuck yourself why are you looking at our twitter feed why are you why are you obsessed with our work i'll tell you straight up what i want to block everybody too you know why i want to block everybody this is really the point i want to make to those of you not in the industry and don't care about this shit. But I just want all of you to know how far ahead I am here in the middle of July than maybe every other fantasy football analyst I've seen. The laziness of our culture, the lack of work ethic amongst everybody, it seems, it never got to me. I was sick. I was in the hospital. I had surgery. I, a lot of things happened while I worked during that whole time in order to get ahead, in order to be able to provide some of these sneaky good players that I'll present on this podcast and the numbers that I've been doing on the show, the coaching systems, the offensive lines, all the stuff I'm doing. And I could just tell, I just see, I see people tweeting out long Twitter threads as if there is some kind of, they're like, Hey, by the way, did you know Ab- Abed Rossi Brown did very good during the last six weeks? Yeah, yeah, we know that. Yeah, we, do you know why? No, they none of them know why. 
they haven't, they're not, people aren't putting in work in our industry anymore. And I know how much it intimidates people, the wealth of information that I hold in my brain right now. I know how much it intimidates them because they come after me during the football season all the time. It's when I'm the strongest. It's when I'm, I have the possession. I have so much information and knowledge in order that is able to pass along to those listeners and subscribers and people out there. They don't have any of this shit. They've got projections. That's it. If I said the name Ben Johnson, they'd have no fucking idea who I'm talking about. But yet they'll do a thread on Amon Ross St. Brown and they don't even know his offensive coordinator. Do you understand? Like it, it's and it's deeper than that. It's a lot deeper than that. Data, they don't know data. They know the numbers. They don't know what the data means. They can't interpret it. They could spit it out, but everything has to go onto Twitter. So I know for it, I, I've always sensed and I've known the stealing of ideas, the stealing of creative ideas, of content, of content ideas that happens in the fantasy sports industry. I know a certain organization that their entire setup is based on stealing what the elite mafia does and fantasy guru does. That's fine. I don't, I don't have a problem with that. I, you know, but be outward about it. Why wouldn't you say, Hey, we'll do this, but we'll do it better or something like that. I can't believe the amount of people that don't realize why are you, why is anybody looking at our content? I'm a content provider. I, I, I will tell you straight up on my children's names and lives. I am, I cannot remember the last time. I can't say never because I don't remember a time when I've gone to another company and clicked on their profile. Who the fuck does that? Like, seriously, how? Oh, well, I know who, who does it are the people that are out of ideas and need to check in what, what man's and crew are up to over there in order to get my new idea and what a content idea. I know exactly the same people that I worked with that used to have no ideas. And I'd have to tell them, Hey, how about, how about this? I'd have to schedule them like babies, like literal children. I'd have to do a schedule and tell them what to write because they had no idea what to do. And I've got one guy that made one, one person that I I'm absolutely, I think he may be, sneaky one of the worst people i've ever encountered in my life why because he used his personal life he used his family he used mental health and a lot of other things to occupy copious amounts of time money resources attention everything else while he was with our organization only to be lying about the whole fucking thing it's a scumbag absolute scumbag okay period worse than the any criminal activity that i've seen people try to do around here worse than anything to me using your children and wife and family and other things to oh, oh my god uh, the, the, the just oh my god so if anybody wonders why somebody may have gotten blocked uh, pass along. That's why you got blocked. Probably. I didn't do it, but every people here know the, the truth. 
okay? And they know what kind of person or people we're dealing with. Just go do your job. My God, stop worrying about your fucking former employers. Worry about your people. You want to, you start in companies and you have companies and you have followings. I love all of that. I love it. Go, absolutely great. But do work for those people. Stop trying to copy. Try, stop trying to do the blueprint. Oh, I'm going to take this because all you're trying to do is suckle off this teat. And this teat is done with you. I'm done with everything. I don't want to spend another fucking minute of my life thinking, clicking, talking about, thinking about these people. I just don't. It's a rotten organization. You'd have to be fucking brain dead to trust them for any of your fan, to spend any money as a fantasy organization to trust these people who are just trying, all they're doing is clicking on everybody else's profile as if what, the, what do I talk about every day? I don't go, to, I don't even go into the all category or the note. I live only in my mentions and the notifications. The home thing, I'm looking at a screen right now on Twitter. I, I don't even click on it. I, I don't even know what's happening. I'm busy. I'm creating content, creating things. Nobody has to tell me what everybody else is doing. I'm just doing it. And my subscribers and people say, hey, man, you know, I want to know about Javante Williams, which is what they do all the time. I want to know about the lack of Bruce Arians in Tampa Bay. And the that's all I do. Not worried about what everybody else may think or do or act or, uh, I don't give a shit. Give me a break. So no, I didn't block anybody. I have zero people blocked. I will block people when it, when I need to end a conversation, it is the equivalent to me walking out the door. I will just leave. I'm not going to get, I can't spend an hour because I'm busy working for those listeners and subscribers and people. I, I don't, I will have a discussion with somebody, a couple rounds, no problem. But when we start getting into nonsense and it takes up an hour of my time, that's unacceptable and I will block you. I wait a couple days and I unblock. I'll do it all the time. But I will start blocking people because I know how much they depend on my account at Jeff underscore for content. It's why, why do you think I go to TikTok? Why do you think I go to other places. Why do you think I'm on Facebook more than I have been? Why do you think I'm doing this podcast and discord and other things? Cause Twitter fantasy Twitter has become impossible. And it's, it's just, it's either the most basic elementary school, kindergarten type content, less the snap counts for this guy, like absolute bottom of the barrel, bullshit, long Twitter threads, Everybody wants to get a huge Twitter following. I did too in 2015. Give it up. Nobody gives a shit about that stuff anymore. You are not going to make a million dollars being some, everybody, we used to have this art. This is a fucking conference call. It used to happen at Elite. People really would start talking about becoming influencers and how influential they're, Twitter feed was and how important Twitter was like, this is real stuff. I will fully admit for a couple of years, I, I bought into that and thought the same thing. It has been at least two to three years now since I've been over that. And, it, and I think everybody is, 
you're not an influencer. No one's paying you to endorse bullshit. Do a good job at your work. I'm a fantasy analyst, and that's what I'm going to do. But I'm telling you, as a warning shot, I am not having this shit for much longer. They want to get me mad. They think they're going to get me mad and I'm going to say something and then they're going to be able to use it against me. That that's the whole, the whole objective is to attack fantasy guru and our people. It's the whole objective, but I'm not, I'm going to post our texts. I'm going to post what you've said in the past. I'm not going to use my words. I'll use yours. Just go about your business. No, but nobody gives a shit. I want to block you because I don't want you leeching off me any longer. I don't have to anymore. I've got a great group of people that work here. Original, nice. Everybody gets along. This, this place to work at Fantasy Guru now compared to years ago is an app. It's like Disneyland, man. It's so much better. Nobody's worried about jockeying for positions. Everybody makes more money constantly without having to ask or beg or plead. Nobody's siphoning off the top. Nobody's making excuses on what expenses were. Nobody's trying to get a video. You can't tweet this person or that person. All these games are done. And I see it in other places and they bring it and I see it. And people screenshot me every day with this shit. It's absolutely every day. And I'm just so tired of it. And I don't want to ever have to respond to this shit again. Wallow in your own misery. Wallow with your own shit. You ain't on my level, son. No, you're not. None of these people are. Not when it comes to football. That's for goddamn sure. So stick it in your fucking ass. Just keep my name out your fucking mouth. Keep my company's name out your fucking mouth. And we'll never have to worry about any of this again. But I have a feeling you won't. Because I have a feeling in order to survive and live, you need it. You need this heat. You need me. You've always needed me. Be careful what you ask for. Be careful what you wish for. That's the end of that. Fucking people. Anyway, uh, let's get into it. Some news. Garoppolo asked for a trade. I mean, my God, you cannot be serious if you're reacting to this. Of course, he's getting traded. Of course, he's going to. It's of course, it's an absolute. We know he's going to be traded. We know that he's not going to be starting for uh, quarterback for the 49ers. The only question is, where will it be? There's no other jobs available as one. Seattle, it's it. Nowhere else. That's it. He is a backup everywhere else he goes. That is it for Garoppolo. So I don't know what the 49ers think they're going to get. This is the worst time you could possibly try to trade somebody. Why you wouldn't trade before the draft is beyond comprehension. I get it. You couldn't because of the shoulder. Well, then fuck it. Bite the bullet. You have to pay anyway. Nobody's paying $24 million. It's, I can't even fathom it. The only way is if somebody's starting quarterback goes down in one of these first couple of weeks of training camp or maybe the preseason or something. That's it. That's that's it. you got nothing else. So as a fantasy asset, I have no interest. 
in Garoppolo or messing around with anything about where he goes or doesn't go. Um, the other one, Leonard Fournette is fat and out of shape. Um, yes, the season doesn't start for two months. He is going to go through a whole thing of training camp and, and conditioning and everything else. So it's really not that big of a deal. Uh, and, and Bruce Arians isn't there either to be the enforcer. Todd Bowles is a much more player uh, player coach. I don't think anything is going to happen whatsoever. Moving Rashad White up is not, not interesting to me, not at all. Just don't get it. We have done the Tampa Bay rookie running back thing for four years running. Right. Well, technically last year, I don't think it was a rookie. Was it? It was, it was still Vaughn or Jones, right? It is, it's just nonsense, man. It's, it's always, it's, it's uh, Ronald Jones. Then it's Keyshawn Vaughn. It's Gio Bernard. Every, now it's Rashad white. We keep getting a new guy. The answer is Leonard Fournette, but why I haven't been high on Fournette this entire preseason is because of the reason, because there's still risk there. He has ballooned up before. His work ethic has gone into questions. Why Jacksonville cut him? It happened at LSU, if you recall. He's in a great situation, a tremendous spot. All that will happen is, unless he is absolutely wheelbarrowed in, there is, they're not going to cut him. They're not going to release him. If they don't, the only thing that'll happen is they will mix in Rashad White, Gio Bernard, Keyshawn Vaughn with Fournette. It just becomes intolerable. So whenever these situations arise, you need to zoom out, take a get, take a step back and realize there's what is going to happen. Will they release Leonard Fournette? Answer is no. They're not going to do that. And if they're not going to do that, you're not, you don't want to dive into the backups. You know what I mean? You're just not going to want to dive into it. There's no reason you're not getting any kind of bump there. You're getting a messier situation. The right answer is stay away. That's it. Stay away. Folks, not every situation demands our attention. It's kind of like the shit with the trolling that I was talking about. Every time my name gets mentioned on t- these Twitter feeds without being tagged, I don't respond ever. It ha- I'm telling you it happens every day. It happens every day. Every fucking day. Not I'm serious, especially this time of year. Not a day goes by. But I don't, it's not every single time deserves a reaction or needs a reaction. The Bucs are not taking $9 million dead cap hit to release Leonard Fournette. Unless it, I mean, there's 10% chance, probably a lot less. That's the highest I could possibly think, fathom. So I can't say never, never. But until that happens, the Rashad White, just, just leave him. Just leave the whole bunch. So I, we invest, go look at the running back grid and handcuff chart over at fantasyguru.com. Those are the situations to invest in. The Buccaneers are 15th, all right? And the only reason they're that high is because of the high target share to the running back position because of Tom Brady. That's it. 
It's not a great setup for them. There's a lot of other places to be invested in with your running back. And not all of them, or most of them, don't even require an early round pick to do so. Okay, so that those are the ones. It makes more sense going after Gus Edwards than it does Rashad White. You want Rashad White because you've never seen him before. You're like, oh, it's new. Oh, it's fun. Yay. Arizona State running back. I could tell you as a uh, very close to the program, Arizona State man myself, ain't, no, ain't much there. Ain't much. Catch football. Yes. That's it. That's it. There's not much there. So chill out. Chill out with that one. Gus Edwards, the J.K. Dobbins, isn't going to be ready for the beginning of the season. That news, number one, I don't really buy that. The timeline has always been around week one. He's not going to make it for training camp. We know that. Gus Edwards himself is banged up. That's why you get a camp body like Mike Davis in Baltimore right now. Right? That's why I I saw um, Mike Davis and um, the other rate. I'm blanking on the uh, uh, totally blanking on the other guy that they brought. Oh, Tyler Beatty. People are Tyler Beatty. No, 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 no. Justice Hill's coming back. Gus Edwards coming back. J.K. Dobbins coming back. Davis and even Beatty. I mean, they're, they're not even locks for the roster. But if Edwards prognosis is ahead of Dobbins then Edwards could start the season so that would be more interesting because it's a lot more volume a lot more rushing opportunity a lot more potential fantasy points in Baltimore than there is necessarily in Tampa Bay so if you want to go after Gus Edwards that would make some sense based on the Dobbins news but I will state officially I'm still holding on Dobbins and I think that this is something that I keep talking about, keep talking about. It's one of our strategy session podcasts over fantasy guru as well. And that is you got to be patient with your teams. Don't draft anybody. And I mean, not a single freaking player. If you're not planning on the intention, isn't to hold him all season long. Some of you and your fucking garbage ass takes I'm going to Rob Gronkowski. I'm going to get Rob Gronkowski. <laughs> no, he's so stupid. Oh, I'll just drop him. Oh, I hear it in every draft. Oh, I can just drop this guy, drop this guy. Why are you taking him? You imbecile. No, don't. Oh, I'm going to take uh, uh, Alexander Madison. If he's not, you know, I don't have Dalvin Cook. So if he's not the backup, like you say, he might not be. I'll just cut him. Why? Why would you do that? Don't take somebody who you may you think has a chance to not be there. What is the point of it? If you don't think Alvin Kamara is going to be suspended, don't take Mark Ingram. What are you doing? If you believe in Trey Sermon, don't take Tyrion Davis Price. Like, what are you doing? You need to play this game for week 17. That's championship week in 90% of your leagues. That's the championship. You have to get there. Yeah, obviously. You have to get there. But at the same time, you also are in this in the long term. First, second, third round picks. Like, this is for the whole season. 
That's why I'm in on Javante Williams. And l- let's start out talking about that. Let's let's get into my sneaky good list of players. And the first one is Javante Williams. I don't know why he's sneaky. I'm really baffled, absolutely positively blown the F away that he is sneaky somehow. But his ADP is 17.43 right now. You're talking end of the second. What what needs to be seen with Javante? It's weird to me. I'm so thrown off by having to defend this guy on every single show and everywhere I go. It's just so some things about Javante. Maybe you missed it. If you didn't watch it, you didn't watch it. I don't know what the fuck to tell you. He split time with Melvin Gordon. We know that. That's what you're all worried about. But he led every running back in the National Football League in broken tackles. He had 203 carries. Led every single one of them in broken tackles of 31. Okay, that's a little impressive. He led every single running back. In Russian attempts per broken tackle, 6.5, light years. I mean, he beat the shit out of him in that category. Even guys with 100 more carries than him. He was second amongst running backs in missed tackles for 63, behind only Jonathan Taylor. Fourth in yards after contact per attempt at 3.42. Ninth in total yards after contact in 460. 460. And sixth in yards after contact per attempt, 2.4. By the way, he did all that as a rookie, as a complimentary player to Melvin Gordon. You're still worried about Melvin Gordon, but he's another year older. Melvin Gordon, it's a new coaching staff. It is a new offense. It's a new blocking scheme, as I outline in the coaching breakdowns over at fantasyguru.com. Every coaching breakdown, every offensive system, every assistant coach, every coordinator, every head coach, every one of them is defined. Every offensive system defined. Every blocking system defined. Every defensive front defined. Every blitz package defined. Every base coverage in the secondary. Secondary coverage. All defined. I've got a cheat sheet for you for quick reference, and I've got in-depth articles, tables, charts, graphs, lists, write-ups for every coach and team in the national football league. It's the only place in the world you get that information and it's exclusive to fantasyguru.com. Do you see what that's why that amount of power is why people want to attack me with nonsense because they can't hold a fucking candle to that shit. Not a candle. I will spin yarns around these motherfuckers with an open mic. But that's it's different. It's not last year anymore, everybody. Gordon's 29 years old. Hello? It's a big problem. Javante was by far the most impressive. Vic Fangio didn't see it. Vic Fangio was, he's old school. Rookies are rookies are rookies. They need to earn their tight stripes. It's about the veterans. Okay, cool. That was him. It's not who Nathaniel Hackett is. It's not who the Broncos are anymore. Melvin Gordon had no interest on the free agent market. None. He came back on a one-year deal. They don't give a shit about him. 
if you want to talk, well, I, I'm very upset because Javante, you know, Melvin Gordon's back. They're going to split carry. No. Okay. Number one, Jonathan Taylor splits, doesn't split carries. He splits time. Joe Mixon splits time. James Conner splits time. Zeke, Kamara, Aaron Jones, Nick Chubb, Christian McCaffrey splits time. Well, Christian McCaffrey can't stay on the fucking field. There are no running backs in the world anymore, old people, that are not, that are 80% or higher snap share and touch percentage than the rest of the team, than the rest of the running backs. It does not happen. A a 60-40 split is monumental. It's a big edge. And when you get a 60-40 split in a good offense, rapidly improving offense, with an upgraded offensive line, when you're the younger running back, which is another reason that's always good, with a mobile quarterback that opens things up even more with these kind of numbers with broken tackles and missed tackles forced and after contact attempts. When you're talking about a guy who finished his RB 17 in fantasy football, RB 17 in fantasy football last year, and he started one game, right? And now you're taking him RB 10. That's where he's going off the board right now. That- I mean, my God, what, so the worst case scenario you could envision, I don't think anybody could say Javante Williams isn't great. There's just no real, you could, I don't even, even a video, there's nothing you could say. He's great. There's no doubt. You could say he splits time. That's I'll give at least acknowledge that argument, but if he does and he winds up RB 17 or maybe upgrades to 15 or God forbid falls back to 19, my, you know, with no injury, which would be, if he doesn't get injured, I don't, you can run. I want you to run every game, run every, I've done these projections. There's no way to keep him out of the top 10. There's just no way you can't do it. Not if you're doing it appropriately, unless you're biased and overriding math saying, uh, or 52%. Okay. But come on, man. It, the upside is Melvin Gordon takes a lesser, even a lesser role than anybody expects. And Javante runs away with it. In which case he could be the number one player. Look at running backs in their second year, like fucking McCaffrey, <laughs> like uh, uh, Cook and Henry took them three years. Like Jonathan Taylor last year, all your favorites. Took him a while, took him a year or two. But they showed something as Taylor did. I can't, can't with anybody anymore with Javante. It's just, it's not there. Melvin Gord's not a thing. And if you want to feel better about Javante and that's backfield split, do you understand how much better it is that they brought a 29 year old longtime vet on a t- minor deal on a one year contract? where they have no ties to him for any reason. Do you know how much better that is than if they went and spent a fourth round pick on Isaiah Spiller? Roarge. The Chargers did that. Nobody's panicking about Eckler, but Eckler is aging out, as is Melvin Gordon. Now you got a young, sprightly guy. It's like having the young nanny. 
your 40 year old wife, lover, everything else, 22 year old Swedish nanny. Obviously that's a problem. That's Melvin Go- or that's Javante Williams. He's a 22 year old Swedish nanny. That's the problem. All right. So that's number one. The other guy is Nick Chubb. Let's, you know, the other news that came out this week, Deshaun Watson looking at, and I don't believe this, by the way. I think Mike Forio, Pro Football Talk, has a real grudge against Deshaun Watson. And listen, it may be justified because what he did didn't do. But he's saying he's basically trying to create outrage for the league, saying that they may only suspend Deshaun Watson two to, two to eight games. This guy, I don't believe a mother effing word of that. But let's say that's true. Watson plays half the season. It's going to be fantastic. The Browns offense is going to be fantastic. Nick Chubb is the only human being. He is so freaking good. He's the only player in NFL history to start out five seasons in a row, 150 plus rush attempts to average over five yards per attempt. He averages 5.3 yards per carry in his, his career, 96 yards from scrimmage per game for his entire career. Kareem Hunt has massive issues and massive problems with his right leg. Gone down three injuries last year to the leg, two the year before. All right, he's breaking down. This is the best offense line of football, mobile, both quarterbacks, Brissett and Watson Mobile. The best running back system in the National Football League by a good margin, by the way, over the Ravens. I have Browns one, Ravens two, just the best. And Nick Chubb is the guy. All right. He can catch passes. It's not like he can't catch passes. They use Hunt in that role more often than not. But he's a contributor out of the backfield. Nick Chubb is just turning 25 years old. I mean, I don't know what people are thinking with this kid and and why they're missing on him but this adp is 25.45 that's third round you're gonna tell me a guy who averages 5.5 5.6 yards per carry gets over 190 carries per season gets 20 plus receptions per season which derrick henry doesn't do has three career receiving touchdowns has eight or more touchdowns in every season of his career and is behind the best offensive line in football with a mobile quarterback and by the way, he hasn't even played all 16 games the last two years, only for minor injuries, nothing malignant, nothing that is degenerative, no issues in that. You're going to tell me you get him in the third round. I mean, I'm telling you right now, I, give me one of those top end wide receivers in round one. Give me best available in two. Hell, I may take Kelsey in, in, in round two. And the Nick Chubb is my number one running back in round three. I'm taking You're talking about a sensational running back, generational talent. And yet you're going to give me him in the third round. That's crazy. Another undervalued asset, sneaky good players, Keenan Allen. And what does Keenan Allen have to do to gain anybody's respect these days? Like whose soup did he shit in? It's like crazy guys, 140 targets, 100-plus receptions every stinking season, right? Every year, he's. we know we all love Justin Herbert, right? He plays out of the slot, Keenan Allen, where he's just an absolute coverage nightmare for people. So wide receiver or better, 10 out of 16 games last season. Only five receivers had more top 24 
performances, top two quarter or wide receivers in fantasy football than Keenan Allen, yet his ADP 27.89 right now. Wide receiver 12 off the board, late. Late for me. I've got him at, what, what am I, eight, seven, seven on my board right now? Yeah, I like him. I mean, Keenan Allen's sneaky good. You can't love the quarterbacks without loving their assets and their receivers. If you think they're going to produce, then if the quarterback's going to produce like Herbert, everyone's in love with him. All right, fine. Then so is, so is the receivers. And quite frankly, Mike Williams is just inconsistent. A big downfield presence, no question about that. They don't have a third receiver there. They don't have a tight end there. They've got Eckler, which we love. But who's carrying the load here? Who's the guy carrying the laundry? There's an argument for Keenan Allen to be a first-round type player. He carries a bigger weight for a better offense than Justin Jefferson. I'm not taking Jefferson ahead of him. I think the upside weight is way higher, Jefferson. I'm not saying even way higher. But Keenan Allen needs to be looked at there as well. Uh, another one, Juju Smith-Schuster. I, I did a bunch of underdog drafts. If you want to get in under, underdog fantasy drafts with me, go to underdogfantasy.com, type in the promo code ELITE, E-L-I-T-E. You could see and be notified whenever I'm in a draft or about to draft or uh, at Jeff underscore man's in our fantasy guru discord as well. Get out there and uh, get drafting with all of us. It's we, we had a lot of fun. I did four drafts last Sunday. It was a, uh, an absolute blast, right? It was absolute fun. And uh, I got, Juju Smith-Schuster in every draft. I got him a Scott Fishbowl draft. He's ADP is 64.16. So let me understand what is happening to the Chiefs wide receivers. None of y'all think that the Chiefs receivers are going to do well? Is that true? 64 for Juju Smith-Schuster, the number two Chiefs wide receiver in ADP right now. So, by the way, 64 is sixth round. Y'all are drafting Sky Moore, the rookie? Second of all the Chiefs wide receivers at 115? 10th round? Marquez Valdez-Scantling being third is fucking hilarious. 135 ADP? That's the 12th round. That's basically free. McCall Hardman's 145. That is free. That's 13th round. You guys are missing this. There's no way in there's no way in hell you're keeping Patrick Mahomes off of 4,500 yards. You're you're not doing that. Who's gonna get all the yardage? You can't Travis Kelsey physically impossible. Physically impossible that he catches 150 plus passes for fifteen hundred plus yards. It's never it couldn't happen. He would break down. So, yeah, you guys are missing this one. The Chiefs wide receivers may be the best value in fantasy football. And Juju, the most secure of all of them going 64th, is just too good to pass up. You can't pass it up. I urge you not to pass it up. I beg of you not to pass it up. Because, and what I did in a Scott Fishbowl, I did in some of the best ball, I double tapped. I'll come back in the 10th, 11th round with Michael Hardman, no problem. One of those two are going to get the preponderance of – 
fantasy production from Tyreek Hill. One of those two will be it. It's not Sky Moore, the rookie. And I don't think Valdez Scantling, although I like him a lot more than Sky Moore, I don't think he is going, he doesn't equate to the Tyreek Hill. He's a downfield long ball guy, but a lot of production for Tyreek was done after the catch as well. So be careful with that. And I think missing out on those, uh, those chiefs wide receivers, Patrick Mahomes, by the way, he's gone 4,700 plus yards and 37 touchdowns. Three out of the last four years is only four years to start. Only where he barely missed it because of missed a couple of games with that knee injury. Josh Allen's never done that once. Even if you want to paint some regression in because Tyreek, which I don't think there will be because it just doesn't equate to Andy Reid's offense. But even if you, I'll give you that one of those guys, even if you want to say Sky Moore or Marquez Valdez, one of them is a second round talent. No way around it. The math doesn't work out. Somebody's catching 1200 plus yards and eight plus touchdowns with 90 plus reception. Somebody has to. And that's a second round scorer. And you draft him in the six, I'll take it. No problem. Now it gets a little hairy. Now it's a little bit there. Now we're getting up there. Josh Jacobs, 65.21. So right after Juju, Josh Jacobs, if you're in the market for a running back, middle of the sixth round. Why is he going so late? There's nobody that nobody really threatening. They're not going to give Kenyon Drake that role. No team has ever given Kenyon Drake the early down role. I don't know why. I thought he, I think he's pretty damn good back, but injuries hurt last year. They need a passing down back. Kenyon Drake makes sense in that role. Uh, Bolden's a special teams player. Zamir White, if you recall and watching a Georgia Bulldog football last year, Zamir White is can't catch the ball, doesn't run routes. He is a bulldozer, a strong back. He basically is Josh Jacobs without hands. It's essentially what Zamir White is, but Zamir White is an ACL tear in his left leg and right leg. So to be a power back with two torn ACLs in the past, that worries me. Worries me a little bit. I don't think he's the answer unless Jacobs were to go down. Jacobs may not be the long-term solution for Las Vegas. They're not going to pay him. So he's playing for a contract and a job next year. I, I've done this too long, too long. When a running back specifically is playing for a contract and playing for money, oh, my God, does that performance go way up? Oh, my God, does it skyrocket? Jacobs has been very, very productive over the last three years since, since he entered the league, for crying out loud. And, you know, nobody seems to really notice it. He's the fifth most rushing yards, seventh most rushing touchdowns, 11th most touchdowns overall, ninth most fantasy points. He's underrated pass catcher. He has the ninth most fantasy points amongst all running backs over the last three seasons. And he gets a pass-heavy offense or a pass-to-the-running-back happier offense in Josh McDaniels in Las Vegas this season. And... um. Once again, great, but he also is going off the board way too early. Going off the board at pick 65, that's crazy. He's going off the board as running back 22. He's 
as disappointing as Josh Jacobs is, he's running back nine over the last three years. What's the problem? Really? I, Brees Hall, Zeke, ETN, Camara with the possible eight-game suspension, six to eight. Fournette, Brees Hall, Cam Akers ahead of Jacobs, A.J. Dillon, the backup? Come on. Guys, doing sneaky good pick. There's a quarterback. He has been falling through the earth, and I can't explain why. It's Jalen Hurts. Pick 75.29 is current ADP. I don't understand it. What is the problem with Jalen Hurts? Jalen Hurts was a very productive quarterback, led the Eagles to the playoffs a season ago was QB nine overall, averaged 20.8 fantasy points per game. By the way, that is sixth best in fantasy football last year. The exact same points per game to the number that Aaron Rodgers did last year. And he did it by throwing 16 touchdowns and nine interceptions. So, all right, you think, what do you think? You know he's going to throw for more than 20-plus touchdowns. He could throw 24 touchdowns, no problem. And maybe he only rushes for eight, but that's a lot more points. Those rushing totals will be there. He's going to run for 600-plus yards this year. You could lock that the fuck down. He could run for 800-plus, but that's a little aggressive, so we'll say 600-plus. He gets a huge upgrade at wide receiver. Why does that matter? It matters with A.J. Brown. He's got Devontae Smith, a great tight end in Dallas Goddard. He's got one of the best off great best offensive lines in football in Philadelphia. And Jalen Hurts had a 78.2 on target throw percentage last year. What does that mean? It means he's was better than Pat Mahomes, Derek Carr, Dak Prescott, Aaron Rodgers, Stafford, Cousins, Russ Wilson, Tom Brady. He threw the ball on the numbers more than any of those guys. Ninth best and or eighth best. I think it's yeah, eighth best in football. Only ones ahead of them, Burrow, Herbert, Garoppolo, Goff, uh-oh, Kyler Murray, Tua, and Tannehill. He hit the third most drop passes of any quarterback in the National Football League, and he threw significantly less attempts than any quarterback. So the upgrade matters with A.J. Brown. It's why they went out and got it. The protection is there. The running ability is there. Another player entering season three, big year from him now, catapults him into the Kyler Murray discussion next year, which means he is playing for a big contract. Uh, there's no reason that Jalen Hurts isn't going or isn't being prioritized. Just as There's no reason you could have Kyler, if you prefer Murray over Hertz, uh, I'll listen to your argument. I do not agree with it necessarily, but to have Kyler Murray as QB six while uh, Jalen Hurts going off QB nine is insane. That's just an insane thing. So I, I like Hertz a lot better. Great pick there. Uh, another one. Oh, man. Alan Lazard. What do you need to see from Alan Lazard? He's the number one receiver in Green Bay. Everybody listening to this podcast, you all need to draft Alan Lazard in every single fantasy league. You do. I want, that is my all-in player right now. All the way in. If I do 100 leagues, I'll draft him in 100. 
at that ADP. Every single one of them I'm in on. Everyone. Everything points to it. Aaron Rodgers simply will not trust a rookie quarterback. He's not he's not gonna a rookie wide receiver. He's not gonna throw to a rookie. Takes Christian Watson and Romeo Dubs out. That will not be the primary receiver. The Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams, ladies and gentlemen, over the past uh four seasons in Green Bay, missing a quite considerable amount of time in 2019. Devontae Adams has averaged 154 targets, 108 receptions, 1,328 yards, and 12 touchdowns per season. Average. That's 311.25 fantasy points per year. It's the most in NFL over the last four years by a mile. A mile. All right? So you're going to tell who gets that? You can't say it's going to go down. Why can you not say it? Because... There's the math again, doesn't work. It's weird how people make projection models and then fail the math because there is no other way to say Aaron Rodgers is not going to throw less. He's not going to do it because in case you don't know, Aaron Rodgers was 13th in the national football league last year in pass attempts. Okay. 13th. Aaron Rodgers was 10th in passing yards. He barely threw for 41.15, or he did throw for 41.15. I meant to say barely threw for 4,000. Okay, Kirk Cousins, Dak, Joe Burrow, Carr, threw for more. So you're not going to get less, especially if you say Green Bay took any step back, which they did lose some defenders, various Campbell amongst others, and you lose Devontae Adams. So if you say, well, Packers are worse, that means throwing more, if anything. So who the fuck is getting 154, 108, 13, 28, 12? I mean, who? And who has a chance at that? And you should go, even if you say, I don't know, then you should make your 9th, 10th, 11th, and 12th picks. Alan Lazard, Sammy Watkins, Christian Watson, and Randall Cobb. Just buy all of them. One of those motherfuckers are winning you your league this year. Okay. I think it's Lazard. Six, five, four, five speed. He's been with Aaron Rodgers for three years now. He was called out, promoted from the, the um, practice squad. What? Two years ago after, you know, working his way, grinding his way up. Rodgers just a couple weeks ago, talked very passionately about Lazard, finally get his chance. He's 6'5", 225, by the way, with 4'5 speed. This is a big, strong dude, a dominating. Remember Javon Walker in Green Bay? He's that kind of force. Oh, by the way, he caught eight touchdowns last year. Eight fucking touchdowns and 40 catches, Alan Lazard. All right? Oh, by the way, he had a 132.8 passer rating when thrown to third best in national football league, second best amongst qualified. Sorry. All right. Amongst 50 or more targets, 132.8 better than Devonte Adams. Now lesser passes. So that's fine. But it's not like Lazard hasn't done anything. He was fantasy worthy before. There is not another guy here to step up. The only other guy, Sammy Watkins. And if you want to go ahead and grab Sammy Watkins, like, I strongly recommend doing it. 
I did that in my Scott Fishbowl league. Right? I, I absolutely did it. By the time we get to September, Alan Lazard may be a third-round pick. There, there is a very good possibility. He is going to skyrocket. No, what did I say about the start of the show? What pisses me off about these so-called other fantasy analysts is that I know they've been lazy as shit. They all go on their vacations and fuck around all the time while we're out grinding. We're so far ahead. That's a, nobody sees it yet. We are so far ahead. I want the season to start now because we're just so far and away ahead of these guys. It's crazy. I went and got Lazard. I went and got Sammy Watkins later on. Absolutely. I, I'm not. And Sammy Watkins, ADP at 221. I don't even know what that, what does that equate to? Round 19? Just before round 20. I mean, come on. It's free. It doesn't even exist. Go get him. Go get him. Don't work back. How about a tight end? There's not a lot of value at tight end. Not like extreme. The, the guy that is jumping out the most is Zach Ertz. 105 and ADP right now puts him about round 10, right? Not around just before round 10, round nine. Ninth round for a top 10 fantasy tight end guaranteed. I like it. Zach Ertz could outperform Schultz, Waller, Hockets, and, and Goddard rather easily. Had a high target share once he got to Arizona. It, it's good for both Goddard and Ertz. I like both of them, and you're both, they're both relatively close. Goddard's going one round in front of him. But you get Kyler Murray. You got no DeAndre Hopkins for the first six weeks. So there's so much underneath passes that are going to be available to Zach Ertz. Where people think that's going to be Marquise Brown, I'm absolutely assured it's going to be Zach Ertz. Just going to have a real strong start to the season. And when Hopkins comes back, there's going to be a lot of mouths to feed. But we've seen Zach Ertz be very productive in this offense. We've seen him have uh, five touchdowns since coming over to um, the Cardinals last season. So, yeah, it's it's a good setup, but a guy that's way too late. Way too late. Zachary had a 24% red zone target share last season. I mean, amongst qualified tight ends, he was behind Waller, Andrews, and Noah Fant, if you could believe that. That's it. That's it. Not your big touchdown number, Henry or Fryermuth. None of those guys. Not Kelsey, Pitts, Knox, Kittle, Najoku, Gusecki, Gronkowski. No. Mm -mm. Zach Ertz. Good value right there. Um, other sneaky good selections and values. How about Chase Claypool? We need to talk about Chase Claypool. I probably could do a whole show just on him. I'm fascinated by uh, by Claypool, another player that is incredible. I mean, 6'5", 240, runs a 4'4", and possibly smart workout machine. Last year, he regressed a bit. And the only reason he regressed is he had some drops. Some issues with drops. He's had it each of his first two years. So did Devontae Adams. 56.9, 56.2 catch percentage for Chase Claypool. There were some bad drops, too, last year specifically. No, no question about it. 
So he's got to clean that up. He's got to do better. But his reception, his totals, 62 receptions his rookie year, 59 last year, 873 yards two years ago. Last year was 860, 14.1 yards per reception to 14.6. Everything is right on point. But this touchdowns went from nine to two. So I think we we all know that touchdowns are very uh, sporadic. Touchdowns are very hard to pinpoint when they're going to happen. You get tackled at the one and all these, you know, if Chase Claypool, Chase Claypool was wide receiver 37 in fantasy football last year. Obviously not good. Obviously not what we are looking for. But we do know, we all could say, Ben Roethlisberger had no arm. He couldn't go downfield. Chase Claypool's a big, tall, downfield receiver. He's a deep ball guy. He's a go up and get it, a high point type of wide receiver. So with that being said, um, he was wide receiver 37 last year, catching two touchdowns. If that number just progressed, just that number, he's he's going off the board right now, wide receiver 49 just before Sky Moore, which, again, embarrassing. Trubisky's definitely going to take more shots. Kenny Pickett would take more shots. You're not going to get the crazy target share to Deontay Johnson that Roethlisberger had. You're not going to get the running back target share because you're not checking down so much. Claypool's going to be a fixture in this offense. If If you just meet him in the middle, He's had 11 touchdowns, two years. Let's say that number. Let's say he catches six touchdowns, okay? We won't even give him the nine from last year. You give him that, four more touchdowns than what he caught last year, okay? Those 24 more points puts Chase Claypool all of a sudden into wide receiver 27, moves him up 10 spots firmly on the wide receiver three chain, knocking on the wide receiver two door. There's more to be had entering entering year three, which I think there I think there's strong wide receiver two upside here. And it's not going to take much to do it. Just doesn't. Okay. Concentrate on drops entering his third year. We've seen the good history with that an uptick in receptions because the target share dilutes from Deontay over to Claypool. A few more deep shots was Keats's yard per reception average about 14, which is fantastic by the way. All right. And then you get the upgrade and touchdowns. All of a sudden you're talking about about 200 fantasy point player, which puts him in the top 24. Great pick at 113. And then uh, the final one I'll talk about, I've got a litany of more of these over there. Fantasyguru.com. I'm going to say Tua, Tagliavoa. One more quarterback for everybody. I don't trust him enough to take him as my number one guy. Super flex in two quarterback leagues. Nobody gets rid of the ball faster than Tua. This entire offense is based around getting the ball out. Short routes, West Coast style, which means slants, crossing routes, drag routes, uh, flat routes for the running backs and uh, the uh, H-back slash tight end. That's what this offense, I have a whole write-up at Fantasy Guru about this for the Miami Dolphins. They also got two new offensive linemen. In Miami, and Teron Armstead, all pro left tackle, moves uh, Jackson from the left side to the right side. Connor Williams could have played center. Now, all of a sudden, you moved everybody along, and you got tackles who were adequate moving interior to play guard where there should be a mismatch for opposing defensive tackles. 
this is just a much improved offensive line guy gets rid of the, and an offense that no longer has to rely on him floating deep balls out there. He doesn't have the arm strength to do it, but you get guys like Tyree kill Jalen Waddle, Chase Edmonds, Mike Gusecki, the run after and Cedric Wilson, the run after the catchability in Miami is, is profound. Tua has a chance. There's a reason he was drafted before Justin Herbert. I didn't agree with that pick at the time documented. And I wouldn't agree with you checking him now, but I do like, I don't think he's dead yet. This season is make or break to his entire career. This is, this is it. They cannot get better. Offensive line, Tyree kill weapons, perfect offense for him. Third year in the league. He kept his offensive coordinators for the most part. It's a different offense, but all the familiar coaching, everything works for Tua. If <laughs> yeah, that's it. I mean, that that's it. So, and RPOs, he does have running ability. Two years removed now, three years removed from his hip injury. Should be able to pick, should be a 250 plus yard quarterback. All this adds to fantasy value in a pick 133 in a one QB league beginning of the 12th round. That's amazing. It's a great value. And if you are in super deep leagues, or a two-quarterback league to get him as your second guy, I think is a, a smart choice. Get a surefire number one, like you know Mahomes, Allen, somebody like that, or let's say you can't get one of those guys, even a Stafford. Take a Matt Stafford up there as your QB1 or Burrow. Mahomes, obviously, those type Herberts, Allen, we know. But And, and Tua as your secondary guy, that's the way to do it. That's great mixture. Uh, great value in fantasy football right now. All right. Talk through a lot of guys already here today, folks. Again, fantasyguru.com, 2022 fantasy football draft guide, the all-in package. Use radio 20, 20% discount. All, already discounted package, by the way. It's over $120 of discounts for you. Plus, you could take an additional 20 with that discount code. Uh, if you're a current subscriber or member, you can upgrade to the all-in package. I strongly recommend you do that. Do it now before August 19th because you're not going to be able to upgrade after that time. Well, you are, but quite honestly, it's not going to be the same price. We're going to up the price on you. Uh, just That's the way it goes. Sorry, but that is how it has to happen. And so get in now. I'm begging. I'm pleading with you. Do your upgrades. And it's all you can do it all through the dashboard. Now on your account at fantasyguru.com. If you're playing on underdogfantasy.com, use the promo code ELITE. See when our next Elite Mafia drafts are going as well. Follow me, Jeff Mans, on Twitter at Jeff underscore Mans, the Jeff Mans, all one word on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and on TikTok, everybody. All right. I don't know. What did I do? Did I take the high road? Did I take the low road? Who the hell knows? Said a lot on today's program. It's uh, probably not all stuff that I will be proud of, but needed to be said, needed to get off the chest. We gave some good fantasy advice and analysis here as well. So I think we did a good episode, number 120. It's in the books. We, you may not agree with some or maybe everything you heard on today's show, but as I tell you, every stinking episode, and it's the title of the podcast, it was just one man's opinion. We will see you next time, everybody. Susan!